God is always in control. Whether we know it or not, He is aware of what's going on around us at all times. How many know that? And uh, so we appreciate you so much and are going to miss you so much. We used to say, see you there or in the air. So that's not said so much anymore, but you get the drift. So we're going to be together for an eternity. Amen. And so this little part of the journey that we've walked with has been such a blessing for us. And uh, we love you dearly. Love you dearly. And you better serve God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. If you don't, I'll get on my little motorcycle and come up here and make sure you do. Uh, It's been my great joy to pastor the one of the best churches that I know of. And uh, the future is bright for new life. Bright for new life. God's ordained that we were here for the seven and a half years. I make no apologies, nor do I give any deep explanations. We came in obedience to the Lord, and we're leaving in obedience to the Lord. And uh, we've got some things that we've got to pour into our family and some things that God wants us to be about. And so the steps that we have taken have been in obedience to the Lord. While I looked for and asked for godly counsel, I asked no one for permission to hear and follow his leading. That's what we've been called to do since God called us back in 1981. God spoke to me of Pastor Hayes before I knew him. Before I saw the call on he and Ashley's life, God spoke to me. I didn't understand it because I was just stepping into uh, this church at the time. Uh, It was in the secret place that he called John and Ashley and it's been, con- it's been confirmed in this secret place as well. I'd like you, if you have your Bibles this morning, to turn to Numbers chapter 27. Numbers 27. Moses, of course, had an illustrious life. He was raised at Pharaoh's court. Uh, he was raised with uh, royalty. But he understood that he had a destiny that didn't have anything to do with the royalty that he grew up among. Took matters into his own hand, you know the story, killed an Egyptian and fled for his life. Ended up on the backside of Midian as a sheep herder uh, for 40 years. And finally, God got his heart. God spoke to him out of the burning bush. It was God's timing. He stood there and listened to what God had to say. And although it seemed like a roundabout circuit way of doing things, God delivered the children of Israel on the day that 
490 years had passed on that day. How many know God's timing is impeccable and perfect? Nobody could have known that that was his plan. And Moses certainly wasn't agreeable to that plan at the point in time. But here in Numbers 27, and I'll just read verse 12 and 13, and then we'll jump to 27. Or I'm sorry, jump to 15. Uh, 12 says, Now the Lord said to Moses, Go up into this Mount Abraham and see the land which I have given to the children of Israel. And when you have seen it, you also shall be gathered to your people as Aaron, your brother, was gathered. How'd you like to hear that from God? Why don't you take a walk, go up in a mountain, look over to the promised land, then you're going to die. Hey, so you guys, what he said? You go look, you're not going to walk into the promised land. The very thing that Moses had been born for, the very thing that Moses labored to deliver the children of Israel through the ten plagues and all of that, the very thing that Moses did to get to a place of being able to enter the promised land, he was never able to see. And so Moses began to talk to God. In verse 15, he said, Then Moses said to the Lord, saying, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man over the congregation who may go out before them and go in before them, who may lead them and bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord may not be like sheep which have no shepherd. The Lord said to Moses, Take Joshua, the son of Nun, with you, a man in whom is the Spirit, and lay your hand on him. Set him before Eliezer, the priest, and before all the congregation, and inaugurate him in their sight. You shall give him some of your authority, that all the congregation of the children of Israel may be obedient. He shall stand before Eliezer, the priest, who shall inquire before the Lord for him by the judgment of the Urim, at his word they shall go out, and at his word they shall come in, he and all the children of Israel with him, all the congregation. So Moses did as the Lord commanded him. He took Joshua and set him before Eliezer the priest and before all the congregation. And he laid his hands on him and inaugurated him, just as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses. Now when Moses was listening to God on the mount, at the burning bush, he had no idea that Joshua was going to take over. That wasn't in the plans at the, the point of being called. He said, the cries of my people have entered my ears, go and set my people free. So Moses went, did what he was called to do. And that at a point of the point of time when there needed to be a change, God spoke it. It sets somewhat of a precedent, the law of first mention in the word. And it's interesting that the priest was to use the Urim. The Urim and the Thummim were uh, created to determine God's will in a particular situation. We're not sure exactly what they were, but uh, the priest carried it in his breastplate, perhaps two sticks or stones, one side white and the other black, that would give a yes or a no answer to a specific question. So should Israel be preparing for a battle, um, they would shake the sticks and toss them, and however they turned up, if they turned up black, the Israelites would not go to battle. If they turned up white, the Israelites would go to battle. 
it was a form of divination, but it was sanctioned by God at the point in the Old Testament that this is mentioned. Matter of fact, in Exodus 28.30, also put the Urim and the Thummim in the breastpiece so that they may be over Aaron's heart whenever he enters the presence of the Lord. Thus Aaron will always bear the means of making decisions for the Israelites over his heart before the Lord. Now the way that things were done before I arrived here at New Life was a selection by resumes and prayer. I understand the process. I understand that it's very um, traditional. God honors it, but it's not his best way. It's not God's best way to do those sorts of things. Uh, The way things are supposed to be according to the scripture, as far as I see it, is to appoint the next generation to reproduce after our own kind. Are you there? And I think I've probably shared my heart, and you know that from the time that Terry and I have been here. For Elijah, there was an Elijah. For Samuel, there was a David. For Paul, there was a Timothy. Reproduction is kingdom truth. Number one, call dictates position. As in any appointment in his kingdom, God selected John. John did not select God. God selected John. Our obedience to his selection, then I believe, is important. The call came objectively. I came from the outside here. I wasn't raised in this community. God brought me here. Everyone knew when I came, it was the Lord, may I remind you. There were 250 applications for this position. And it was boiled down to, I think, 17 was the last little group you had. And everybody prayed. There was a committee that prayed. And uh, everybody came up with my name. Am I, right? Am I saying that right, leaders? And so God sovereignly chose that Terry and I, Terry, Terry and Rick Smale would come here for the time that we did. When we came, we had no idea how, what length of time that was going to be. As far as I was concerned, I came as close to heaven as I could get. I love Rochester. I love the area. There's nothing that we're running from or wanting to leave. This is a wonderful area. It's wonderful friends we made, a wonderful family, a wonderful church. But it was God-ordained. And when a vote of confirmation, confirmation came, there was 100% agreement that I was supposed to be here. The appointment was God and the confirmation was people. Come on, somebody. You didn't know me from Adam and I certainly didn't know anybody here. It was God-selected and it was God-directed And it was God-ordained. But how many know God has something in store? God is not punctuating things at this point and saying, well, I don't know what's going to happen next, but for now, we'll just set Rick and Terry in place and we'll figure it out later. How many know that's not how God operates? God has a plan. It's a continuing plan. And we're on a need-to-know basis. Are you there? We don't need to know. 
While I was here, we reset the Constitution and bylaws to better reflect a biblical pattern. When I came, there was a board of deacons, and there were no elders. And we went from that board of deacons to a leadership team made up of elders and deacons and leaders in this, uh, in this fellowship. We structured leadership to utilize the various giftings on the team. And I believe that we've tried to exercise that over the years that we've been here. John went from appointment from being a deacon to an elder to a pastor. That was recognition by God, sanctioning by God and recognition from the people that that was the direction he was gone. John has been inaugurated before this church. He's been inaugurated before the church. God's hand has been upon him. This was not done in secret. It was spiritually obvious that that's the growth that were happening in John and Ashley's life. We all saw the transformation take place. We've all watched it. Could we have known? Absolutely not. Could we have known that it would end like this and this begin like this at this point in this juncture at this crossroads? No. But God has a plan. So we're passing the torch. Because of my detachment from the history of this church, I didn't start this church, didn't grow up in this church, God sent me to set things in order. Sent me from Carolinas via Indiana, Pennsylvania. Who knew? Indiana, Pennsylvania. Here I am in Indiana. But God sent Terry and I And because of the role I fulfilled, the same manner of selection has taken place. Now God is appointing a young couple for the future of this church. However long that is, we don't know. But God is selecting. And what I'm asking you today as spiritual brothers and sisters, I'm asking you to recognize that same call that was on me seven and a half years ago God had a plan that is not shaken, that is not, we're just not making things up as it goes. We're, we're, you, you, I hope you know us well enough that if this were not God, we would not have done it. We just said, you need to look for a pastor. We love you with all of our hearts, but we, we also see the hand of God in the transition time. I'm asking that you trust him with this selection and pray. Yes, all kinds of feelings come in. There are people that are not here today probably, oh, we don't want to say goodbye to you. And I understand that. There's personal things. And we're, you know, believe me, I shed a lot of tears this week. I love you all. I miss you. But the kingdom of God goes on. And he has a plan. And you know what? His plan has very little to do with us. We are part of his family already. He's looking for those that are yet to come. He's looking for those that are yet to be filled. He's looking for those that are yet to be healed. He's looking for those that have yet not stepped into the building. He's looking for those that probably left because they didn't like me that are going to come back to the building and be a part of it and part of that growth and part of the ongoing anointing that God has for new life. A regional impact, a regional church. I believe that with all my heart. And we've done what we could in passing that on to 
you guys. John is my son in the faith. Poured into him for a few years. He had put up with meeting with me on a weekly basis. That was tough. Take a lot of coffee. No one can step into. First, you have to be called. If you're not called, the worst thing you can do is step into ministry. I recognize, sanction, and wholly uh, condone the calling on John's life. I see it. I see the anointing. We're as different as the black and white sticks I talked about. But we're brothers in Christ. He's a son in the faith. Calling supersedes desire and selection. Usually when God calls, you did what Moses did. Moses, when he was called, said, I can't even talk. Maybe you should send somebody else. The call is offered and there must be a response. John and Ashley responded to the call. Terry and I were talking with John and Ashley the other night. I think it was last night. Was it last night we were there at your house? Last night. And uh, Terry was reiterating when God called me. Terry said, I think you better go back and pray. I'm not sure God called you. You better go pray. Um, and uh, at that time, I couldn't talk to more than two or three people. Very shy guy, very uh, nervous and unwilling to speak publicly, and God called me. But there must be a response from us, and then secondly, a willingness. And John and Ashley have said yes to God emphatically. There's no trying it on to see if it fits. It's the call of God and where He takes you. They are being obedient to a directive from Holy Spirit. And how many know Holy Spirit knows what He's doing? He's God. He's God. Many memories flood me. I remember standing right here, seven and a half years ago, thinking, what in the world did God call me to Rochester, Indiana for? I first visited that first Sunday. I'd run down to uh, run along the street. I was saying, man, this is a small town. And, you know, we lived around the Charlotte area, and I had just been in Philadelphia for 10 years. So, you know, I'm looking for Dunkin' Donuts and and there weren't none. Yeah, I prayed Dunkin' Donuts in, just, you know, pat myself on the back there. I said, God, why are you calling me here? And God spoke to me about revival. And I wholeheartedly believe that we have poured into the process of seeing revival. And we're going to be a part of that. We may not be here physically, but we're going to be a part of that because revival is coming to this nation and specifically 
revivals coming to Fulton County, Cass County, Stark County, Miami County. God's pouring out His Spirit. Thirdly is the faithfulness of the hazes. And anybody that has been around finds out there's physical things done to this building. If you see paint, if you see anything new up, most likely it's the hazes that have had their fingers in it. Working for hours, sometimes till late at night, getting it done. Not only physically, but spiritually. They're invested in prayer. They're invested in in, 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 in the process here at the church. Also the training. John went to school, took four years of classes in about just over a year while working. How many know? That's a lot of work and a lot of coffee. And then their lives in order, and certainly their lives are in order. Godly relationship, godly children, his family is in order. We need to trust the process. Yeah, it's some changes. Come on. It's some changes. People do things differently. It will change you. You're going to be asked to step up. I've said that the last couple of weeks. You're going to be asked to step up and exercise your gifts to help out. It's a different time. It's a different season. You've got a young family with young children. They're going to need to pour into their family as well. They can't put the time that this old guy could here. But that does not mean that the anointing won't grow. Come on, somebody. There's, we have visitors. I don't want to put them on the spot. We have visitors stopped in from Chicago. They said they'd pass by here and see the church, and they just decided this Sunday was the Sunday they were going to visit. How many kids did you bring? <laughs> Too many to count. There's a visual right there of the future of New Life Church. Young people. They could have came last week. They could have came a month ago. They could come two weeks from now after I'm gone. But they came today. I believe God wanted to show us that indeed he's going to honor the process. How he does that, I'm at a loss. I don't know. The vision is no longer for me. The vision is for the leadership here and pastor and his wife. I'm asking you, if I've meant anything to you, if what, what you knew about me when I came, 100% of you said, let's go, let's do this. And if I've built anything in relationship with you, I'm asking you to check it out for yourself. Fast and pray and call out to God and wait on God. John could have never been called as he's been called without you being here. All of us are in that process. The dynamics of new life have set aside John for his calling. 
This has been all done by God. The obedience seven and a half years ago is the reason you're here today, and I believe that you'll continue to be here. This is the hand of God in many ways. God has selected leaders here that are yielded to Him. You've got leadership that are yielded to Him. Of all things, we may discuss it till the cows come home, but in the end, we're going to follow the Spirit of God. We have a call on this, to this region for transformation, new life. And the reality is, everybody would like to live forever, but that's not going to happen. So whoever walks in the door and continues the process. Now I was thinking about when the children of Israel refused to go into the promised land the first time. And God said, okay, anybody over 20 years old, you're going to die. Can you imagine that? He was just telling a bunch of kids, you're going to inherit the promise. The oldest person that went into the promised land was 60 years old. I mean, no, he invested in young people. Hello. Well, he invested in 20 years below. Right? Everybody's looking at me. Are you okay? And when he had just selected the disciples, he didn't select a bunch of old guys. The oldest disciple was 21, 20 or 21. The rest were teenagers in early 20s. 20, 18, 19. Build his kingdom on young people. Just, just a thought. That doesn't mean us old folks can't be anointed too, right, Gene? God will have his way as we yield to him. If we rebel, he will merely select another church. And say, okay, I'll select somebody else. You all don't want to do it. I got work to be done. If you don't want to do it, I'll pick somebody else. I don't believe that's going to happen because I believe you're obedient to the calling of the Lord. Is there going to be an adjustment? Yes. Are you not going to like some of the adjustment? Yes. Change is never fun. I'll tell you what, I've gone through this change in, in our life that's happening right now. I'm kicking and gouging the whole way. My wife is like, you... She's lived with me for 43 years. She said, what's wrong with you? All this change and you're used to changes. And man, I was like, I don't want to get rid of that chair. I don't want to get rid of this. I, I like where I, you know, I like where I go to Dunkin' Donuts. I like where I go to church. I love the people. I don't want to go. It's been tough. But we need to champion change because God has got a plan, see? Three things had to happen. Three things had to happen for the transition for Israel to prepare to go into the promised land. Number one, Moses had to know his time was up. God said to Moses, go up to the top of the mountain, look over there. You're not going to go there. You're going to die. I've got to get you out of the way. Moses didn't complain. You'll notice what Moses did. He said, you got to appoint somebody over this gang because I'm not going to be here. God said, set Joshua aside. So three things had happened. Number one, Moses had to know it was time. Number two, Joshua had to know it was time. And number three, the people had to know it was time. Are you there? 
Are you following me? Turn to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. I wasn't going to go there, but take some license this morning. Since you can't kick me out, I'm leaving today. So, there. Joshua chapter 1. Verse 2. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Then he goes to the people, and the people said, verse 16, So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so we will heed you. Only the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Three things had to happen. Moses had to see, Joshua had to see, and the people had to see that this was indeed God. Now, did they have problems with Joshua? Probably. Not everybody can be in agreement all the time. But we need to bite our tongues, swallow our pride, and say, God, we want to follow you. Will be the mistakes made? Sure. Will there be directions that we go and we got to back up and go the other direction? Sure. Will our GPS fail? Sure. But we're going to get there, see? Because we love God and we're following God. Many times over the last couple of months, I've been like, I'll change my mind, I'll stay. I was just being honest. We were sitting in, um, sitting in uh, our, we sold our house and we were sitting in uh, the closing. And it was funny, the lady was doing the closing. She goes, are you related to Rick Smale? She said to me, are you related to Rick Smale? And I said, uh, yeah, I am Rick Smale. And she said, well, I don't recognize you. Take your mask off because, you know, everybody's got to wear masks now. So I took the mask off. She said, oh, that's you. And I thought at the time, maybe I'm not going to go through with this. Maybe I'll stop. Stop the process. I had to hear God that it was God's timing. And I'll tell you what, it wasn't pretty. The process sharing with John and Ashley and Jeff and Nancy and now, especially when we kept moving the time up. Can you say sick at your stomach? That's what happened to these two guys. Are you sure this is the Lord? God has a process and God has a plan, see? And the three elements of that is, number one, Terry and I had to be obedient and say, God, you're moving things rather quickly we had this timeline and God said, no, it's not this timeline, it's that timeline and I want you to be there and I want you to be 
we're pouring into our children and we're pouring there's things God told us to do and, and we know it's the timing of the Lord and then, and then these two had to, had to see that it was the Lord. And now I'm asking that you pray, seek the Lord, be able to say to John and Ashley Hayes, be strong and courageous for the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. That support, that congregational element of saying, this is the direction God is leading us. For how long? We don't know. We don't know the timing of the Lord. We don't know the day of the outpouring. We don't know the day of revival. 490 years later, on the day, 490 years later, the children of Israel stepped into freedom out of Egypt. Nobody had a calendar marking it off. It's just God knew that that was the day, see. We don't know what the future holds. After 2020, we don't even know what tomorrow holds. How many know there's more surprises every day in the news than what's happening in our cities? We'll pray for you guys from Chicago. That's got to be tough. You live right in Chicago? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, Lord. That's tough. I believe our obedience is God's anointing. God anoints the obedient. He he gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. To obey, Scripture says, is better than sacrifice. Come on, somebody. And God picks strange people. He does. Pick strange people to carry out His calling. I said last week, Paul, he called Paul. Everybody thought... Everybody thinks, oh, Paul's this great apostle with the long beard and his skinny fingers. And Number one, Paul was short. His face had been beaten so much, they said his nose was three ways crooked. He was bow-legged and overweight. That was Paul the apostle. Just a deranged-looking guy. But God called him one of the most anointed. So God calls. His call is all we're interested in, see? If we answer the call, if God called you, He called you for a purpose and a plan, see, and He'll work out all the weirdness. He'll work it out. We just need to trust Him in the process, see. I can wholeheartedly say, and I, and I let's say to John's my son in the faith, I can wholeheartedly say that that's true and that Terry and I are going to be praying and we're excited about the process. We told him last night, man, we're glad we're getting out of the way so God can do what he's going to do. Come on, someone. When God says go, you go. Amen. So it's an exciting time. It's an exciting process 
of getting new life where new life needs to be. I believe the process has been in obedience. Have we made some wrong turns? Absolutely. We were talking about some of that last night. I said, man, we, we did some things. I mean, just out of faith, faith step. I remember the first year we did Friendship Sunday. How many remember Friendship Sunday? We had a hundred. We had a hundred visitors, I think, that day. Like a hundred visitors, something like that. We had a lot of visitors on Friendship Sunday. We we planned it. We prayed. How many remember what we did? We passed the cards in. We prayed over them every Sunday. We prayed over the people that we were going to invite. And then all kinds of people came, and we gained some people from that. It was wonderful. People got saved. There was that kind of thing. The next year, we did the same thing. Prayed, planned, processed. Every, every week, we pl- prayed. That's, that Friendship Sunday, how many visitors do you think we had? One visitor. Wow. That was, a, that was a day to remember. Process is God's. The plan is God's. We just need to be obedient. So what? We make a mistake. Come on, somebody. If you never do anything, you don't make a mistake. Someone said... You know, I made a mistake. It was when I thought I made a mistake. You'll get that later. The process in the plan is God. And we've got to trust God in that process. He sees things we don't see. He knows things we don't know. We would like to know all that God knows. There are some people that purport to know all God knows. They're in for a lot of trouble. See, we don't know what God knows. We don't know what He has planned on down the road. All we're doing is order our steps, God. Be a light into our path, a lamp into our feet. Whatever you have in store, you have in store. Amen? We love you dearly. We embrace you. We pray for you. We're asking you to pray for us. We're going to be here for two more weeks here at... uh, here in Rochester, we're going to pack the old truck up there on the 11th and uh, leave Saturday the 12th. Well, actually, we'll leave on the 11th just to start to drive. But um, So we have two weeks of being at the house. Coffee's always on. Stop by, say hello. Um, we love you very much, and we know that you love us. We're just so, so blessed to have you in our lives. That's not going to change. So keep in touch. Come visit us, that kind of thing. But what I'd like to do, I'd like to ask the elders to come, those that are here. I want to lay hands on and pray for uh, John and Ashley this morning in closing. Can we do that? And uh, stretch out your hands to them. The elders would come and let's pray. This process would continue the way God has planned. So come, Steve, Danny. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father.
for a pariata shata I felt the Lord say to me, uh, John and Ashley, that whenever you saw each other, saw each other's name online for the first time, you wondered what was in store for you, and you felt the you felt that it might be a lifetime situation once you met one another. And God says, "This is the plan that I had to bring you together." God said, "This is the plan. You meant in a very strange way, and your relationship, your courtship, was a little strange as well." But God has had you in the palm of his hand. He's led and guided you and showed you by miracles, signs, and wonders in your own life of the life that he has planned and put you together. And he's called you as two that are one. And he's called you as, as uh, those that would follow after him with all your heart and soul and strength. That's why he picked you. You're not good at just giving 50% or giving 60%. If it's not all, it's nothing. And the Lord says he recognizes that, and that's exactly why he called you, because there's going to be times when he's going to ask for more than you think you could give. But God says, if you'll give, I'll cause those things to come to pass that I have planned in your life. Thank you. So we thank you, Father. We thank you for John and Ashley. We thank you for their lives and God, we thank you for their obedience. We thank you, God, for the people that are surrounding them and holding their arms up. We thank you, God, for the battlefield. We thank you for this sanctuary. We thank you for this quiet, secret place that, Lord, all these things that you've called them to do, that they would come together succinctly and clearly in your precious name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Father, I feel just kind of like the spirit of Moses on these two when God told him what he had to do and I really believe fear come into his life it's a responsibility Lord a lot of sheep they're going to be responsible for and to feel to be able to do that is impossible for man but it is not impossible for the spirit of the living God. So, Father, I pray, John and Ashley, listen carefully and spend time speaking with the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit says he will bring all things Jesus said to our recollection, that he'd do that with them as they lead, that he would give them ideas and things that are different. As Pastor said, and I found out too, when you do things a second time that just don't work, first time it's usually a spontaneous thing from you. And that's what works, hearing the Holy Spirit and doing it. So Father, I pray for us board and the sheep here that we would not have a spirit of rebellion but we just learn to follow and to 
go in your power, all of us. And that's the unity of the Holy Spirit. I speak the unity of the Holy Spirit on all of us. And I speak your power and your glory and your joy upon this couple, Lord, and their family. That, Father, I just said here how we feel the pressures. But I think a lot of times, Father, we get too serious. And we, I, I can see the humor in you, Lord. You do a lot of humorous things. So let them understand they can enjoy life. Because you are the one that lets us enjoy life. So I speak that over them, Lord. That they enjoy the things that are to come. It won't be work. It won't be a task. But it'll be an adventure and an enjoyment by the power of your spirit. Go with Terry and Rick, Lord, and use them mindedly. Continue to slay the giant. Father, we understand we have very little time left. And we need to put souls into the kingdom. So let us all be concerned about that and not ourselves. Flesh, get out of the way. Father's the word I gave these two that I seen them as worker bees. And Father, I don't know where everybody understood when I talked about the dance. Because the bee, when he comes back in with the honey, he does a dance to tell the others where their supply is. So that's what I speak over this couple. They continue to feed us. Tell us where the supply is. That will, how to show us how to go to the end of the kingdom and how to go into your throne room and receive the supply that we need. So I do praise you for them, Lord, and their lives and what you've done up to this time in the, as you prepared them. And I thank you for that. And I thank you we'll see the results in the months to come. We bless you, Lord. We want this church to be a church that is a light in the darkness. That just shines forth powerfully. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, several years ago, pastor came to the board and he said, I want to bring John on as an elder. And my immediate thought was, he's too young. He's too young in the, in the Lord. And as I prayed through that, God said, he's not. I've got him. And John has proven himself. He's proven himself. He's shown himself approved of the Lord. And then, not too many weeks ago, when Pastor came to me and he said, We're leaving. And I feel like John is being anointed to fill the place. And once again, my thought was, He's not ready. 
And as I prayed through that, God said, I got this. I got it. Trust him. Support him. And that's where I'm at. I trust God. I trust John and Ashley to step in and to do what is right, to follow the Lord, and I will support them. Thank you, Jesus. Just praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Father, I thank you for this Timothy and the Lord. I thank you, Father, for the hours and the the days and the years that you have poured into him. I thank you, Father, for your goodness, O God. Lord, I thank you for the anointing that rests on Pastor John. I thank you, O God, for the anointing that he hasn't even exercised yet that is in store for him. We thank you, Father, for the calling on his life and for Ashley's life, Lord. I thank you for the daughter and the Lord you've given me. And I thank you, Father God, for the, the sure, the sure anointing that is on her, O oh God, as she ministers to the women in the body. We thank you for that. We thank you that there is no void in this couple, O God. We thank you that there is no void in this couple, O God, that you have supplied all that they need. We thank you, Father, for the joy in the journey that as they step their feet onto this pathway, O God, the joy that is theirs in this journey, O God, not just for them, but for their children as well. We thank you, Lord, for the joy that is in the journey for the, the rest of the church, O oh God, that as they see the anointing come forth, as they see the prophetic rise, as they see the gifts move, that they would understand and see that this is surely your hand, O oh God. This is surely your hand, O oh God, that no one else could step into this place but who you've called, O oh God. We thank you for your faithfulness, O oh God. We thank you, Father, that you have told us long ago that you would never leave us as orphans, but you would be with us, O oh God. I thank you for your faithfulness in their lives. I thank you for your faithfulness in our lives, O oh God. You've shown us your goodness all through these years of serving you, and we can only rejoice in how you continue to show your goodness and your faithfulness. I thank you for the faithfulness in the lives of those that come to new life, O oh God, and that this is their family. That, Lord, you as, as the Father of us all, you as the Father of us all, O oh God, you lead us and you guide us and you direct us, and we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God, we love you. God bless you.